Hallelujah. Amen. The presence of God is sufficient for us. And this morning, I want to greet you on this Mother's Day on behalf of my wife who couldn't be here, uh, but wanted to be here. But she said, you know what, I guess it's appropriate on Mother's Day that I'm going to go mother my son who got sick in the middle of the night. And uh, the things that moms and the women in our life do for us is amazing. How many know we wouldn't be here without our moms? <laughs> well, as we were worshiping this morning, just a few things. One, I wanted you to realize that every situation that you've gone through is redeemable. As Pastor Barry was saying, some of us feel like there's certain parts of our life or our experiences that it's too bad. It's just the, the, we missed it. And I want to remind you this morning with encouragement that every situation in your life is redeemable. God has space for you. He's a cleanup artist. He loves to take something messy and make it beautiful. He makes a message out of our mess. That's right. And so this morning, I want just to encourage you, just open your heart and let God start to come in and rearrange some things and set some things in order. And he's going to do it with encouragement and love because there's nothing that's too far that God can't come in and bring alignment to. And I believe that God's going to do that. And you know how he usually does this healing work? Through family. God is a relational God, and he wants to bring healing to you through family. And that sounds messy, because it is. But the people in this room and the people in your home, the people who you do life with, God wants to bring healing through those people to you. Well, today I want to, um, the topic that's on my heart, and I'll share a little bit about what Katrina wanted to share with you in my notes as well. Uh, but over a week ago, we were praying uh, before church, and uh, the Lord said, once a princess, always a princess. I thought, well, that's interesting. I guess, okay. So uh, I've been working out that process, that idea, and I told my wife, I said, I think I know what I'm supposed to talk about. What? She said, I said, once a princess, always a princess. She goes, no, I don't think that's it. She goes, you know, those princesses, you know, the, the way people talk about princesses now, it's like you're, you know, you've, you're entitled or you're stuck up or you're this and that. Like princesses, like, it's great as a child, but as a woman, people use it in a derogatory sense. I said, okay. Once a royal, always a royal. Okay, let's go back to the other one. Once a princess, always a princess. We're going to talk about identity today. To the women of the house. How many know it's always coming back to whose we are and who we are? We do all of our life out of who God says we are. We should. We should. It's great. You know, I was thinking about the modern day princesses in England. Princess Kate. Even though when you study all these things, you know like some of them aren't technically princesses. But we call them that affectionately. But unless you're born to someone who's in line to the throne, you're technically not a prince or princess. And then you marry, and they kind of give you a, a little, you know, you're a duchess now, you know. But to actually be in these titles, there's these logbooks and historians that debate over all these titles and rules. 
Who is a real princess? Who isn't? There's lots of rules surrounding them. Who am I? Think of Megan Markle, who just married in and now had her little baby. Is it Archer? Archie. Close, Archer. Close to our little Archer. Think of her life changed. Like she had a full business. She was an actor. She had social media pages. She ran side businesses. And when she decided to marry into the royal family, all of that stopped. Literally, she, she said, I'm going to set that life aside, and I'm going to come into this family over here. Now, she still has her passions, her nonprofits. She still gets to go to her charities and do the work that she's passionate about. But she's come into this family, this royal family. I wonder if she's dealing with who am I? Identity questions. To be God's princess, to be a part of God's royal family, sometimes as, as women do you think, you know what, it seems too distant of a topic. I'm not qualified to be one of God's princesses. I've messed up too much. I've broken too many of his royal decrees to represent the kingdom of God on earth. How do you feel about yourself as a woman of God? Do you feel like a princess? Do you believe you are in a royal family? And the Lord reminded me before we got up here that as moms, that your presence with your family is better than your perfection with your family. Presence is better than perfection. How many of you as moms have ever felt a little bit guilty for your performance as a mom? How many times a day have you ever felt, well, my wife talks about it as mom guilt. When your head hits the pillow, she goes, I have to be careful because I just start rewinding my whole day and where I missed it. Presence is better than perfection. Your presence with your loved ones counts. How many know the battle usually goes to the person who shows up? And woman of God, you just showing up in your family is enough. Because inside of you, God said the kingdom is in here. So when you show up with your family, whether it's perfect or messy, doesn't matter. Just show up and you be you. And God can come from there. So, women of God, do you say me a royal, me a princess? To be a royal person, you have to either be born a royal or marry a royal. Genesis chapter 1, let's talk about identity. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. Everyone say, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. This is Genesis chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, verse 27 and 28. He said, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish in the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So here's few little points about who you are because I think once we know whose we are and who we are it's easier to live a life without the shame and the guilt okay so number one God made you so that means you're in his family if you're made by him you get to be whoever your dad says you are okay so that's the royalty part secondly notice God blessed you so you can say every morning I'm blessed two three you're fruitful. You don't have to be ashamed of what you aren't. You can say, I am a fruitful woman of God. It's cool. He says, you're blessed, fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. So I think 
Wherever you go, you bring abundance. You're adding things to life. You're not a taker. You're a giver. When you come into the room, things get better. You are bringing the kingdom of God and the abundance of the kingdom to every room you go into. That's who you are. Because the kingdom is expanding in your life, through your life. Five, you're bringing order and blessing to where there's chaos. That's what you do when you enter the room. You bring order and blessing to the rooms you enter. How many know that in the Quinty area we could use more blessing and more order in areas of chaos? Have you seen any chaos in the spheres of your influence? The good news is you're the answer to that. And it's not something you necessarily do. It's something you are. When you come into that situation, peace enters the room. Because that storm, Jesus has already gone through that storm for you. So when you walk with Jesus, you come into that room, and people go, why aren't you freaking out? I'm not freaking out because my dad's already been through this. I know how the story ends. And you can bring peace to your situations, to your areas of influence. And six, the Bible says that you have dominion. And the cool thing is, he said, don't go get dominion. He said, you have See, notice how the kingdom works. Kingdom is about receiving, not getting. Woman of God, it's about receiving, not getting. You don't have to go and grab and fight and go get this and go get that because your dad already owns it all. Father God, you get to receive the dominion of God and bring order to situations. Psalm 139, 13 and 15 says, for God formed you interwoven, embroidered with various colors in your mother's room. When you look up these Hebrew words, use things like embroidered in colors. So one commentary said it's like you have the white bones, the blue veins, and the red arteries, and you are woven together in your mother's womb. Woman of God, you're not a mistake. You're not an oops, a problem. Have you ever met someone and they say, oh yeah, I was the third child, the fourth, and I was the oops child? I hear that stuff, and most of the time it's joking, but I wonder how that affects people's identity. You know that God doesn't make mistakes with children? His ideas of you were before time began. So no matter what your parents said or didn't say, God's word is more true than that reality. In other words, you're handcrafted. You're a dazzling masterpiece never to be replicated or replaced. It's impossible. There's just one of you. And we want to celebrate who you are, not who you're not. That's what families do. We all celebrate each other for who you are. It doesn't take away from who I am, from who Pastor Barry is, or who Pastor Tammy is. It doesn't bother me. In fact, I get to celebrate because her success is your success. My success is your success. Yes, then we get to share in a lot of successes. But the good news is when we're down and out, we got a lot of people to hug on and cry on. When you're sad, you get a family here. Because we don't have to fix each other anymore. We let God do that, but we can support each other as we go through it. First Peter 2.9 says, but you, I'm going to put woman in there, but you, woman, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and in to his marvelous light. A royal priesthood. 
You're in the family. Princess, you are in the family. Once a princess. And you can tell the devil that or whoever else is speaking negatively to you. You don't have to put up with that garbage. When you look in the mirror in the morning, you just say it. I am blessed. I'm a royal princess of God. My father is the father of all fathers. Jesus is my, my elder brother and my savior. You can confess those things over your life. When the enemy comes in to steal that truth, you can counteract it with the word of God. You've been set apart. Now, how special are you? The Lord reminded me of two parables that I want to share with you. The first one is the parable of the hidden treasure in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. It says this, again, the kingdom of heaven is like the treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And I believe today, you, woman of God, are the great pearl. The Father saw you and saw you were such valuable to him. He gave his greatest expression of love, which would be his son, Jesus Christ. He gave his greatest expression of love for you, woman of God, to show that you were the greatest potential recipient of love in the universe. There's no greater expression for him. He wanted to prove something to you that day in history. I will give my greatest for you so that you can receive my greatest, which, as we know, is unconditional love. There's no higher law than the love of God. And he has been seeking you out as a great pearl. And when he found you, he was happy to give everything to be in personal relationship with you through Jesus Christ. He sold it all. He gave all. But you could say, I don't have it all, and I most certainly don't have it all together. But remember, as humans, we look at the outside appearance. We tend to judge people by the outside. But what does God look at? The intents of the heart. Reminds me of a story. You know, God was looking for a new king in the Old Testament. Because the other king chose to do his own things and be a leader for himself. But God says, I'm going to pick a new king. And he sent Samuel the prophet to the house of Jesse. And he said, one of his sons I will anoint as the new king of Israel. Go to the house and I'll tell you which one. So he gets his anointing oil, gets his donkey and heads out for Bethlehem. And he says to Jesse, can you gather your sons? We're going to have a sacrificial meal together. And Jesse's like, oh boy, this could get interesting when the prophet comes to the house. So he gets his seven sons. And the prophet Samuel says, surely, Lord, it's this one. It was the tall guy, the good one, good looking guy. And the Holy Spirit rebuked Samuel and said, you know what? No, that's not the right one. You, man looks at the outward, but God looks at the heart. And I think sometimes the pressure in our culture for, for women is so strong that we keep, they, everything's about image and how, what you look like and every commercial, uh, how well you can perform as a, as a mother, as a professional, blah, 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 over and over and over. And we get to look all the time at the outside. But the Father keeps looking at your heart. He says, you know what? You're a pearl of great price. I absolutely love you. You get an A plus on your test, 100% on your marks, you're always welcome in my house. And by the way, the inheritance is all yours. So the prophet says, is there not another son? He's gone through seven of them. 
And they said, well, yeah, there is that young punk out in, out in the fields helping the sheep, bah, you know, doing the dirty work. Go get him, and no one's going to eat until that kid gets here. Okay. So they come in, and that young boy walks in there, and the Holy Spirit comes upon Samuel, and the Holy Spirit says, stand and arise and anoint that king of Israel right now. God is looking at hearts in this room. Forget about all the extra excess stuff right now. Take your heart today and give it back to Jesus, your first love. Give your heart to God. If you've never done that before, trust him. I know it's a scary thing, but you just take your heart and you say, Jesus, you can have it all. I'm not perfect, God, but I'm coming anyways. I'm coming home. And the door is open. The food's set. The table's ready. You get to sit down, woman of God, with your father and have a meal. And you're always welcome because he's looking at your heart. Your heart and soul are 100% redeemable. There's a lie out there that says to a woman or to as a mother, I'm not redeemable because I'm a damaged good. I'm not good enough. The truth is out there, there's no expiry date on the worth of your life. God gladly gives his kingdom to his children, the Bible says. There's a cool story. How many of you know of uh, Nordstrom, the uh, department store? It's an American company that started in Seattle, but now it's in Canada as well. It's a high-end retailer. And they're famous for their customer service and their return policy. Okay? So Anchorage, Alaska, there's a Nordstrom there. And the story goes that a man came to Nordstrom, and he brought his four tires in. He said, I'm bringing back my tires. And they said, sir, we don't sell tires. Now, that, the guy who had the tires wasn't really concerned about what they sell or don't sell. I'm bringing back the tires. You have a 100% return policy, don't you? Well, yes, sir, we do. Well, I'm bringing my four tires back. Well, we don't sell tires. What happened was Nordstrom had bought the building from the previous owner who was a tire salesman. Then Nordstrom bought that building. So Nordstrom said, okay, we'll do it. They paid him for the tires. And I thought this was just an urban legend, so I looked it up online. Nope, the, the Puget Sound Journal in Seattle, where the company's founded, is, it's there. There's stories like that from Nordstrom. Because they said, you know what, we don't care. We're just going to do it, 100%. They didn't even sell the tires. The other Nordstrom story is a lady forgot her, her bag and, and her, her phone and her plane tickets as she was on the way to the airport. So the uh, shoe salesman found it, and they couldn't find her in the building, so they saw the tickets, the airport, and they paged ahead to the airport for the lady to come for that because the phone was in there. So they got the purse. They started driving to the airport and started paging over the intercom and met the lady at the airport with her purse. And these are all documented stories from Nordstrom. So, my point is from these stories is that you are 100% redeemable. There's nothing that disqualifies you as a woman of God or as a mother of God from experiencing and accomplishing and enjoying all the rights and privileges as a woman of God. You can't say, nope, not me. You don't know my story. God would never do that for me. That's a lie. 
And we have to stop lies and speak the truth and love to one another. And we have to say that my God is redeeming every part of my life. And I'm giving him permission today and inviting him to redeem 100% of who I am by faith in Jesus Christ. That's a bold prayer, isn't it? Put your seatbelt on and hold on when you start praying like that because God will take you at your word. You know, Katrina was thinking about what she was going to share this morning and she said, you know, I think, speaking for herself and some of her friends, she said, for quite a long season as a mom, you get lost in who you are. You're so busy keeping these little ones alive. And not just a month or something. These are years of your life. These little humans. That as they get older, you look in the mirror and you begin, who am I? Is this what I thought my life would be? Why is my life different than what I dreamed? Is my career different than what I thought it would be? You start asking these questions. Thoughts of disappointment or certain fears that can absorb you begin to come up. You begin to lose who you are because you spent so much of your life just giving yourself away. Well, Katrina wanted to encourage you all, if you're feeling like that, come back to your father and let your father tell you who you are. He's waiting for you. Father God is waiting to tell you who you are. The song goes, when I thought I lost me, you knew where I left me. You reintroduced me to your love. You picked up all my pieces. You put me back together. You are the defender of my heart. You need to feel validated in every season that you go through. Because even though shame will want to attach itself because you didn't uh, fulfill what you thought was going to happen, Katrina wanted to remind you that if you're feeling lost today, pain, sorrow, disappointment, you can take that to the Father and have a personal discussion with him, and he's not going to shut you out and say, you know what, can't you just get it together? Aren't you past that? That's not how God talks. He's a good father, and you can cry on his shoulder. And as we mature as a Christian family, we can learn to be like Father, can't we? Where we don't solve people's problems, we don't fix them, we don't even have to say anything. But we need to sit and to listen. And to, to love is often just presence. Remember, not perfection. Just being there for people. You can ask, how are you doing with this whole Mother's Day thing? And if they're shouting and jumping around, shout and jump with them. And if they're crying and weep them, hold their shoulders. Say, I'm sorry. It's okay. Both are okay. Emotions are okay. You know, as Pentecostals, we like a lot of the up-exciting emotions. But you know that all emotions come from God. We just have to use, learn to work with them. So it's okay to have your emotions out. Just find a few safe people to do that with. Start with God, but find a few people who you trust to share your life with. As we close, I'm reminded that once you're a princess, you're always a princess, but then you, then you ask, why? Why am I royalty? Why, woman of God, are you a princess in the house of God? What's this all for? I think there's two primary reasons. One is for you to delight in the pleasure and the knowledge of God and to experience joy. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So just delighting yourself in a personal relationship with God by faith 
He begins to open the dreams of your heart. So, just to be happy. Happy is enough, isn't it? Happy is enough. Blessed are those who seek God. Blessed are the pure in heart. It's okay to be happy. And just, people go, what's your deal? You're always happy all the time. Sorry. Jeez. I forgot my lemons in the car. It's okay to feel happy and blessed. That's part of the kingdom of God. Remember, a third of it is the joy. Don't feel bad about being happy. But there's a second part of it. It's a really cool part, too, because it brings some meaning and purpose to it. It gives you some direction. The reason why God has given you these royal positions as a princess in the house of God is so now you can freely give your life away for the kingdom of God. It says for the gospel and for the kingdom of God. So once you know whose you are, when you know your daddy's girl, when you know you're a princess, you know what you have now. You have everything. You have the whole kingdom. Once you know what you have, now you can freely give it away. Now, woman of God, you can now go and serve, not like a, like a oh, I'm just a servant, you know, I'm just going to serve God all my, yeah, serve God, blah, blah. You know, just serving God. I'm, I'm served more than anybody. See, that's not a princess. A princess goes, I'm so blessed. I can't help but give my life away to serve others, not out of pity, because I love people. And I'm going to do with what I have to serve those who God brings in my life. And I can do it without abandon. I can do it joyfully. I can do it freely. I can do it even recklessly. I can do it in ways that are just over the top. My friend, Gareth and Andrea, they were just in, uh, I was in Texas with them, and they were on a date at a coffee shop. Oh, no, it was a tea shop. And the tea owners uh, were for Columbia, and they were immigrants, and the church sponsored them. And they said, why don't you open a business, a tea shop, and then the revenue from that tea shop will help pay for all your visas and all your fees and all your uh, pathways to U.S. citizenship. And they said, great. So Gareth and Andy went down there, had some tea, and when you got to their shop, they handed you a post-it note, and they said, this is a post-it note. Please fill out your prayer requests. We're going to pray for you while you're in our tea shop. And Gareth and Andrea knew it was a kingdom-minded business, so they said, okay. And they said, but can we have two post-its for you guys as well? We want to pray for you. And they kind of were shocked. Sure, I guess. So they, uh, the, the uh, business let them know they wanted increased revenue to support themselves and their family. They came from Columbia. So Gareth and Andrea prayed. And then Gareth said, I looked at my wife, and she gave me that look. And then I looked at her, and then God started doing something. I'm like, ooh, this is, story. This is all in a text message he sent me. So this is getting exciting. And they looked at each other, and they, they realized God was speaking. And God told them to buy the entire stock of the whole store. All the tea in the store. All the tea in China. All the tea in Texas. North Texas. And I don't know how much it was. That's not the point. But God spoke to their hearts, and they gave of themselves to buy tea. Why? Because, because it's a direct cause. When I support and serve and invest in this family that's trying to do a kingdom thing, they're coming to our nation. Now they're going to get a blessing, and they can thrive and pass this on to someone else. See, when you know whose you are and who your daddy is, you can give stuff away. Why? Because when you're in the kingdom, you're not worried about stuff. Your dad has lots of stuff. Your account, according to the riches of heaven, are loaded. 
So it's more free because you're not afraid anymore because your dad's got your back. Your dad's got your back, and you can give yourself away. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and he will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, which is your inheritance. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. And the way for every mother and woman to experience this presence, to experience the mountaintop, there's only one way to the mountaintop. And you could fill a blank in, I'm sure, with a lot of hundred good ideas. But there was a man called Christ Jesus. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Woman of God, the only way into the dreams of your life is through a personal relationship with trusting Jesus Christ. And invite him to to lead you each day and to speak the truth. Because I know there's a lot of lies out there. I know there's a lot of untruth that comes to a woman every day. But I'm here to tell you that the kingdom of God is based on truth. And when we apply these truths, the Bible says we become free. And once you're free, you can enjoy freedom for freedom's sake. Because you're happy. You're just free. And that freedom spreads all over. People start wondering, why are you acting like that? Because the peace of God. My daddy loves me. We're going to close in prayer. And when you leave, we encourage all the mamas in the house to grab their personalized chocolate on the way out. Mm. Chocolate is a love language. I heard of women. Men's love language is easier. It's just all food. At least in my house. We don't really care. But we're not talking about the guys yet. That's next month. But women of God, you are more than enough. Can you please stand with me? Women of God, you are more than enough. Your worth is not based on what you did do or what you didn't do or whose you are uh, from, you know, who's your mom and dad in the natural. Today, we want to remind ourselves that once a princess, always a princess. And men of God, You can come around the princesses appropriately in this room and treat them that way. And where you acknowledge that you haven't been that man in their life, you can humble yourself and say, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't treat you the way my father showed me to treat you. And you can apologize to your wife, to your girlfriend, to your mom, to your aunt, any woman in your life. You can say, you know, I blew it. I'm sorry. And ask God to help you to be a better reflection of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we bring the women of God to you today by prayer because we're so honored by their presence, not their perfection. We see every woman of God in this room like a great pearl where every man would sell all that he owns to buy that that great pearl. He would find that treasure. He would bury it in the land and buy the land, dig it up and celebrate for 100 years because he has found the one. And that's the women of God in our house. That's the women that we have a privilege of knowing. So we have love for them today, God. We ask now by the Holy Spirit for a revelation of love to come from heaven. Women of God, wherever you're at, highs, lows, bad day, good day, we welcome the presence of love unconditionally to fill this house.
to fill the souls of every woman, to fill the mind. Where the enemy has lied to you, we come against that and we say, you are loved and cherished. You're a great pearl. You're 100% redeemed and we love you just the way you are. We speak that over the women of our house. And we pray that they would have a good day. Guard their hearts, Father. Strengthen them. Encourage them. We are so thankful for the privilege of doing life with them in this house. We ask you to go with them, God. Protect them. Bless them this week. Help, help them, every one of them, to keep their chins up, shoulders back. I am a princess of God. Once a princess, always a princess. We declare that over and that the chins are being lifted in this room. No more shame, Lord. No more, I'm not good enough. The chins are being lifted up. The Father looks in the eyes and speaks blessing and life and adoration over them today. Because you're more than enough in the house of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Women of God, we bless you. There's chocolate out there. If you would like prayer today, if it's a good, bad day, whatever, we're going to here to pray for you. We love you. Have a great week.